What's up, everybody? Welcome into the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast, Super Bowl Week edition, which is super exciting for us because we are both big football fans. Massive. And if we had planned better, this entire episode would be about the Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, but we forgot about the Super Bowl until well, we did. it was too late. Yeah. And uh, we just didn't put, we didn't forget about the Super Bowl. We just didn't put two and two together. As we're sitting here, all I can think about literally is queso and wings and good commercials and get some, some like a uh, seven football. layer dip. Uh, I'm not a huge seven layer dip guy, but like I, I know, I know some people K- are. Do you do guac? Neither do I. I can't yeah. even. I can't even yeah. be mad at that. I'm a huge chips and queso guy. Like did all slam it all day long. And um, yeah, we seriously should hang out. I know we didn't plan that. Absolutely, we hang out. Uh, now there's going to be pressure. We're going to have to follow up on future episodes and see if we actually did, did hang, hang out, out for the yeah, Super Bowl. Right. Um, so real quick, quick, quick question of the day is going to be Super Bowl Bengals and Rams. Uh, did not know, see this coming. Not Joe Burrow, uh, leading the Bengals to an improbable Super Bowl appearance. Uh, Matthew Stafford finally getting out of the shadow of Detroit the, just the entire city. Good for him. Um, man, you know, it sucks living in Minnesota with the pro sports teams that we have. But right now, I got to say, if you're in Detroit, what do you, what hope oh, are you holding Lord. on to? Thinking about, I, I'm pretty sure the Red Wings are terrible. I'm they pretty are. sure the Pistons are terrible. The Lions are. are definitely terrible. The Tigers are trash. The Tigers are trash. I knew I was forgetting one. Yeah. Yeah. Detroit, oof, man, that's, that's a bummer. But we're not here to talk about Detroit. Uh, and, and for my pick for the Super Bowl, I have a very easy analysis. Uh, so I won't get too technical, but, uh, the, Please do. I would love for you to get technical. <laughs> Maybe I should, uh, go and watch last year's Super Bowl, And then you don't have to watch this year's Super Bowl. Okay. Last year, the chiefs had amazing weapons and a terrible offensive line. The bucks had a tremendous defensive line. And steamrolled the Chiefs. And, and steamrolled the Chiefs. The Rams' defensive line Mahomes is going... Mahomes didn't have a touchdown last year, I don't think. No, he did not. They, he probably should have. There were some dropped passes, but that's beside the point. Yep. The Rams' defensive line is going to sack Joe Burrow about 14 times in this game, and the Rams are going to blow out the Bengals. Is it the Raiders who destroyed Burrow? He got sacked like nine... Or, no, it was... No, it was the it, uh, Ky- it was Kyler Murray though who got sacked like nine or ten times. Burrow got sacked nine times okay. in their playoff game okay. earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. was it was sad. That's for yeah. sure. I I I really do hope for the Rams. Uh, I have a bracket with my wife, and I have the Rams. I had the Rams going all the way, and so I would be pumped for that because we also like. Who did your wife have winning? Uh, Chiefs. Oh, so you're yeah. already ahead. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so it it would be really fun. There's some high stakes on the line, but. Uh, I've I've just grown to love the Rams. Matthew yeah. Stafford, the underdog coming in. Uh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was on who my fantasy team. Who honestly? Who hates Cooper Cup? Like there Seriously. are some NFL players, like Tom Brady. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Nobody hates Cooper no. Cup. He's really good. He's super humble. He knows so much about football. Yeah. He, like there's an interview that he had. I think oh, like what was going through your mind when you did when you had that game winning catch and like I didn't understand. Half the words he was saying, and I love football, uh, and he loves Jesus. So there is that. Oh, I love it. So I'm I'm picking the Rams. Who do you got? Rams. 
You got the Rams? Rams all right. all day, baby. There it is. But anyways, enough about football. We're getting into today's episode, uh, which, Derek, we are talking last week. If you guys were here with us last week, go ahead, listen to episode 26. Uh, fantastic episode about uh, you know getting into youth ministry and and talking about... Staying there. Staying in, in youth ministry, really. That's, that's a good way to put it. But today, we're going to be talking about, okay... We we've stayed in youth ministry for a while. The longevity is there. Yep. But there are some uh, pitfalls. There, not pitfalls. You, you said speed bumps. Yeah, last speed episode, bumps. Which I there, loved. there are some yeah. difficulties that come with being in ministry for for you know four or five six plus years. When my wife and I were recently married, we have been married for all of two or three months. Uh, somebody told us like, just wait for the seven year itch, and we're like. Okay, what's the seven-year itch? And they went on to explain how, you know, when, when you've been married for seven years, I don't know why it, it's seven, but it's kind of like what I mentioned last week. The you know, you're an expert after ten thousand hours. Yeah, right. Like, like kind of that arbitrary number, but yeah. it seems to actually work. Yeah, you know, like they, by this point, the novelty of being married, the newlywed stage, has has assumedly been worn off. Um, like you're, you you have been in such a routine in terms of how you live, how you interact together. I mean, seven years is a respectable amount of time, uh, which is funny because like my wife and I've been married for five and a half. It'll be six this summer, which is not that far away. And like, I don't see us getting to this point, but they, they went on to explain how the seven year itch is this, this stage where you're bored with each other. Uh, you, you know what they're going to say before they're going to say it. You know, their jokes are the same. You do the same things. it was just like depressing. It was, it was like down. I was like, thanks for the pep talk. Like I love my wife. I am super in love with her. I I can't look, I can't wait to get to year seven. Apparently I was like, what, what, why would you say that anyways? But I was thinking about that because, um, we titled this episode, the ministry five year itch, because Kyle and I are in a stage where I've been at my current church for about four and a half years. He's been here for about five, five and a half and when you're in youth ministry for that amount of time, you've really started to hit a rhythm in a groove. You've preached a lot of messages. I bet, you know, if, if you assume 40 messages in a year, I think that's being pretty conservative between, you know, the, the you know school breaks and holidays and such. You know, if you have five years, that's 200 messages that you have preached to your youth students. That's a lot of messages. Uh, you've been to the same camp five years in a row. You've been to the same convention five years in a row. You've had the same general calendar of, okay, in June, we're going to have our summer camp. And in August, we're going to have, you know, our, 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 our summer end party. September, we have our kickoff. Uh, October, we have our, you know, you get into this rhythm and it's kind of like after a while, you just sit there and you ask yourself, am I just regurgitating the same thing every year? Am I giving the same meal, the same spiritual groceries to my students every single year? And is the that same wrong? spiritual groceries? I like that. Yeah, right. Like, like is like I I had a student tell me recently that like I've heard your messages all like I've heard them all before. Like I like I know like I I, I like and so like to me that kind of hurt because it's kind of like she was going like I don't want to come to youth group anymore because I'm bored and that kind of challenged me of like am am I just doing the same thing every year yeah and spinning the same message and presenting it differently with a slight twist every single year. And is that wrong? And it, 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 it just kind of created this question. So we just spent, you know, 
the last hour of a long episode talking about the good. And even in this context, I think there's a lot of good things that, you know, we can, we can talk about in, in this case. Yeah. You know, I think I, I, you, you mentioned wanting to do this episode and, you know, talking about, do I just, what was that? Give the, our students the same spiritual groceries. Yeah. Uh, I, man, I, I still like that, <laughs> but I went back cause I, you know, I type kind of outlines, uh, you know, every youth pastor does it differently. You know, whether you're, you know, typing out word for word, everything you want to say or an outline, or you're just preaching for an hour and a half off the cuff. I wouldn't re- recommend that last nope. one. More, more the hour and a half portion than the off the cuff portion. Agreed. I have a, you know, I usually use uh, Microsoft Word and I'm, you know, getting a outline put together. And recently I put all those into a Google Drive folder. So I went back and looked and there are really random chapters of the Bible that I have preached multiple times, like Colossians chapter three, James chapter one, uh, Matthew chapter five or six. Those are the Sermon on the Mount. So that one's hard to be mad at, but you know, Philippians two, there, there's really random chapters that, you know, looking through and scrolling through this first Corinthians 12. Uh, I had Exodus 17 last night. Nice. You know, there, there's random chapters where you look through it and you're like, Hey, I've done this one like two or three times, uh, you know, cycling back through and you know, I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I know it's okay to, you know, get, share a message more than once or share the same chapter of scripture more than once. Uh, but at the same time, you know, first of all, you're going to have students that, weren't in your youth ministry the last time you preached that message or, you know, at least went through the same, it doesn't have to be word for word, the same message. But, you know, if you, if you do a sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount and then cycle back four years later and do the same, a a similar sermon series on the Sermon on on the Mount, you're going to have at least three full years of kids that have grown into your youth ministry, let alone the students that have come in as friends, you know, new to your youth ministry that didn't hear it the first time around. And so, yes, you're going to have students that, uh, you know, heard it the first time that might hear something similar again. Yep. Uh, But that doesn't mean, first of all, it doesn't mean they were listening the first time. Exactly. (laughs) They might not remember. Uh, Oh, that's so sad, but it's so true. Well, I mean, let's think back to like, can you tell me the, the Bible story you told two months ago? Like probably not. Probably as as the one who preached it, I right. probably could not tell you, you know, the last ten sermons that yeah. I gave. Right, and 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 so whether it's you preach it four years later and you graduated ten students since then, or whether you preach it next year, you're going to have new students in the room who have not heard that before. Because yeah, and you- and there are there are some things that should be preached, you know. Multiple yes. times or even on a yearly basis. Yes. I think about, you know, typically every fall, uh, you know, we have kind of a big kickoff to the school year in September. And typically in those first six weeks, we will either do a series or a standalone sermon that kind of goes through our big core beliefs as yep. a youth ministry. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and I think that that's pretty common. Uh, you know, we will typically in November, October, November, we will do, you know, that's when we are headed toward our, 
uh, signups for our mission teams and, and we're doing a big push to raise money for missions. And so when, when we do that, we're, we're talking and we're preaching about missions. Now the, the text might not be the same every year, but the idea of preaching on missions is always going to be in that slot. Other ones I can think of are, you know, in the spring, how many youth ministries either around Valentine's day or kind of when it gets into prom season, do a sermon series or a series or, or a standalone sermon on relationships or dating or, you know, whatever you want to do in that window is, is a lot of times, you know, it's something along those lines. Mm -hmm. None of this is a bad thing. You know, how many Sunday sermons have you heard the first week of January about vision and and about, you know, it's a new year. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't, now I can't get the Brian Adams song out of my head. Uh, Like it's a new year. It's a new start. Something, something. Please sing Listen, it for us. I'm not going to sing it for you, but I, Brian Adams is definitely one of my jams. Uh, there's an animated movie from like 1999 called Spirit. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Such a great movie. My he wife's did, ninth birthday was spirit themed. Oh, let's go. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he did most of the soundtrack for that movie and it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I love it, but that's Nothing super off track. The Holy spirit, my sister-in-law, it actually, my sister-in-law owns a horse, so she actually backs it up. Oh, that's pretty sick. But, uh, she loves that movie. That's like sweet. my wife complains all the time about how she had to watch that movie like on so a much. loop yeah. when she was growing up because her younger sister wanted to watch that's it all epic. the time. That's Anyways, epic. how did we get on to Brian I'm not Adams? entirely sure. Oh, that's my oh, bad. New, new year, new, new whatever. New but year, yeah, new start. That repetition though is not always a bad thing. Like I think of kids ministry, their whole premise, their whole teaching style is repetition. Whether yep. it's like... Bible memorization or whether like I, I taught kids for a little bit when I first got hired here as an associate pastor and like it was a new ball game for me. But like you say the same point, I kid you not 20 times in the span of a, a 30 minute message. And they still didn't get it. Right, exactly. But you know, and so I go back to even when students say they're bored and they feel like they've heard this before that doesn't mean they're living it. That doesn't mean they don't need that reminder just because students don't want to hear something doesn't mean it doesn't need to be shared. And so, you know, repetition is not a bad thing. Kids desperately need and appreciate structure, even if they will never tell you that to your face. They appreciate the stability that, that we give them, you know? And so if we're always looking for the popular answer, we're doing something wrong. Look at the last two years of our students' schooling experience. Yep. Like that right there and how much they dislike it proves that whether they want to admit it or not, they want and need that a little bit of that structure to give them a sense of routine. And it determines their success. If you, if we're getting a little off topic, but I think it proves well, that it, we both have doctorates in psychology. We, so we I think do. we're qualified to go into this naturally. Statistically GPA and grade levels are down across the United States in yeah. the last two years, which is not surprising because they haven't had a teacher in person teaching them things and walking them through when they don't understand it. No doy, okay? Yeah, so, we, we're, we're not getting into you know the politics of this or that is a good or a bad idea. We're simply like, I think objectively everybody can look at the current situation and say, this is not ideal. No, kids need structure. They need that stability that we give them by going through our preaching calendars and doing whatever we're doing. And, you know, like like we mentioned with all of this, you know, 
the more you do something and doing it right, the better you get at it, right? Like if you are, if you are preaching a similar message two years later, odds are you're going to communicate it better than you did the first time because you now have two more years of getting better at communicating. You're getting better at hanging out with students. You're getting better at learning how to have those tough conversations. Don't look at this redundancy as something that is taking away from your ministry. You're just purely honing your craft and, and, and getting better at it. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they love the structure. You know, you're going to get better at it. And the other thing is, you know, you're able to bring other people on board in different capacities. Uh, you know, if, even if, you know, like we said, there's there's going to be sermons or sermon topics, sermon ideas that you do maybe on a yearly basis. Uh, you know, hopefully you can get to the point where, you know, maybe one of my youth leaders can can preach that message yep. instead of me and and they're going to bring a little bit of a different spin to it yep. than what I would have. Uh, you know, we just had a a youth event with our high school girls. And this has nothing to do with preaching sermons, but uh, our high school girls, we had a competition to raise the most money for missions and our high school girls won. And so we had uh, kind of a celebratory event at a trampoline park. And and we had some of our high school girl leaders that were going to go. And uh, I kind of had, you know, the revelation of, you know, this is not necessarily something that I have to be at. Like I'll go, you know, at the beginning, say hi to everybody, you know, like, hey, I'm I'm super proud of you guys. But then, like, I don't have to stay for the entire event if I don't need to because, you know, I've built up, you know, you know we have a, I have an awesome team of leaders. Yeah. I can't even say that I built it up because right. some of them are just rock stars to begin with. Yeah. Uh, all of them are rock stars. But <laughs> just some of them. And you I, know should, you I should clarify that. Uh, they wouldn't be on my team if, if, I didn't, if I didn't love doing ministry with them. And I... Now I did stay and it was an absolute blast and I got hit in the face by a dodgeball, uh, from, from a high school girl and, and she didn't apologize and that's fine. It didn't impact how your face looks. No, I still have a face for radio. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, that was, it, you know, things like that where with longevity and ministry, yep. hopefully one of the things that you are able to do with that is train up and build up other people around you within your ministry that you don't feel like you have to do everything. You shouldn't have to do everything. If you are doing this well, you're training up people alongside you so that they can, you know, do some of the preaching. Yep. Yeah. And just as a testament to you, I think that's the mark of a good leader is when you can reproduce yourself and do that. And so well done uh, to you, Kyle, like seriously, Um, you know, but I think, no, no. Talk more about how awesome I am. <laughs> no, and, no, no. We, we've had enough of that. He ran out of he ran out of material, I so did, we had to move I on. I did. You know, but when I think about this <laughs> five year itch, or like when I first heard of that seven year itch, my first thought was like, uh, "Okay, so you're bored. Why don't you spice it up? Why don't you do something about it instead of just accepting this as fact? What if you like actually worked against it and you actually like." you know, did something about it. And so when it comes to the five-year itch in ministry, you know, there is a lot of good things to longevity. But as you're starting to realize, there are some downfalls. Kids can get bored. Kids can feel disinterested. Kids can feel like they're not getting anything out of it. Therefore, they don't find a need to be there and show up and be present and look look, look to be expected. Like there's all these negative things that go with it. And so 
you know, we as youth pastors, what's our response? What, what is it that we can improve upon to recapture that attention or spice things up? And I think the first thing, the first thing is literal spice. Yes. Try eating or flames, eating hot wings and then preaching. We've done that. Yeah. And it didn't go well. No, it didn't. I, I, I think it's prudent at this point to prove and mention that I slammed nine blazing wings and you couldn't make it through one. I got one and a half. Thank you one very and much. A half. Okay. It so. was a terrible experience. Yeah. And Both I during and hated after. it. Yes. Yeah. It, I highly recommend not doing not that. doing <laughs> that. That was one of those ways how not to be a youth pastor. Yep. It was yeah, fun. We did that it, was in the moment. You know, it was it was fun for me when you did it. Yeah, watching me be in pain because I was eating honey barbecue wings. Yeah, and it was delicious. Yeah. Well, but anyways. Yeah. Shout out to uh, good friend wings. of the show, Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. Please sponsor us. We would love it. <laughs> oh, we would love a Buffalo yeah. Wild Wings sponsor. Oh, Can Lord. you imagine? Especially on Super Bowl week, you know. Ah, oh, that would have been. They're busy, but yeah. So if, if you're looking for like ways to just improve, you know, the Bible is the Bible, right? Like we've been studying the same book for 2000 plus years, but there's such fresh revelation in the same story. If you let God have it, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's Kyle and I were talking before the, before the episode, like he just, he did a sermon series on Jonah Yep. And you didn't mention once that he was in the belly of the fish, nope. which is kind of the focal point of the story. I, okay. To be fair, I mentioned it once in passing. Sure. But I basically just preached Jonah one and then Jonah five or oh, four, okay. however yeah. many chapters there are. I've literally skipped the whole middle section right. of Jonah. But with what we were doing, it was a three week series and it was like Jonah chapter one, week one, yep. Moses and, uh, you know, God calling him to lead the Israelites in week two and then Jonah, the end of Jonah yeah. in chapter three. And it was, it was a cool series because first of all, I, we also showed clips of the chosen oh, with this. So good. It, it, it was basically, you know, these three Bible chapters of the Bible preached across three weeks, also coinciding with clips from the chosen, which yep. obviously have nothing to do with any of those chapters yep. that I mentioned. So it was a really, really cool series to kind of yeah. see how it all came together, but it was unique, right? Because, you know, th- I had never preached these specific stories in this way. Yep. And then I'm also not, you know, the, the main thing people think of when they think of Jonah was being in the belly of the fish. And all we preached on was him running away from Nineveh and then being in Nineveh. Yeah, and right. so that was, that was kind of a cool uh, new twist, like you said. If we truly believe that the word of God is alive and active, we're going to get fresh revelation from it the more we let God speak through it. You know? And so even if you are preaching the same story, the same chapter, the same verses, depending how you dig in and study it and depending how you let God speak to you through it, you're going to interpret it a different way. Perhaps you're going to see it in a different light. You're going to catch a small nuance in there that you didn't catch the first time that completely changes how you present it. There is the word of God is so deep and so wide. And and, and there, there's so much good stuff in there that you don't need to be worried about hitting the bottom of the well. You don't need to be worried about going, Oh, I already preached this last year. Like there, you you could preach the same, like I'm fully convinced of this. You could take the book of Matthew, even the book of James, which is what five chapters long. Yep. And you could 
preach an entire calendar year through that if you wanted to. Probably. There's just so much good stuff. And so I think the way to do that is you just continue to let God speak through his word and not be confined by this idea that I already preached a while ago. And so I can't do it. Yeah. And, you know, the the first thing that we're always going to encourage youth pastors to do is, you know, you, you still have to be grounded in an accurate interpretation yep. of the word of God. Yep. Uh, you know, you, we're not saying, you know, preach through this chapter of the Bible and then a year or five years or however long later, cycle back and just interpret it in a different way right. and then preach mm-hmm. off of that. Yep. Um, but there are different, I mean, I could literally, this could be a fun exercise. I'm going to open up my Bible right now to a random, you just heard the thud cause I dropped my notebook. I apologize. Philippians chapter two. Oh, great, great chapter. You know, it starts off talking about, I'm literally doing this off the cuff. This is going to be fun. It starts off talking about Christ's humility and it, it there's kind of a little bit of a talk of sanctification. Yep. All right. Now, I could take this section and and preach an entire message on yep, that. Kind of sure. the balance between I I want to continually be growing toward Christ, toward that sanctification. We're getting really deep theologically, but at the same time maintaining that humility of I can't do any of that if I don't have Christ in me. The yep. second half of Philippians chapter 2 is a really fun uh, you know, section of Philippians because it's a really practical portion of this letter sure. that Paul is writing. Yep. You know, he's talking about Epaphrodites was a guy who took the, a letter from the church in Philippi to Paul and om- he got sick and he almost died trying to deliver this letter to Paul. And so Paul is now sending Epaphrodites with his letter back to Philippi. And, and part of what he's writing here is like a, hey, this is really exciting. Like, you know, he is... You know, he, he's back and he's healthy. Now, I could preach Philippians twice and one, you know, one time focus on the first half of the chapter and fo- the next time focus on the second half. Yeah. And, and I can interpret both of those the correct way, yep. but still preach on them. I could yep. also take this, just this part about Epaphrodites. Yep. I hope I'm saying that right. Epaphroditus, I don't know. Uh, it's close if it's not right. Uh now I just want to like name have a son and name him Epaphroditus. I, Do you think my wife would sign off on that? No. Well, now, well, I also love fine. that you're doing this because you are literally proving my next point to a T, <laughs> and you're not even trying to. So uh, I'll, I'll get through this, and then you can yeah. you can touch on that. Uh, you know, Paul is talking about, hey, I want to send Epaphroditus back to you guys, and you know, it, like celebrate, like, hey, he he is healthy, and you could kind of do a message on healing. Uh, you know, through this chapter, but you could also preach on this about, you know, kind of a message on perseverance. Yep. I mean, I mean, this guy was trying to serve the Lord, almost died doing it and, and still got the letter there, right? He still made it to Paul, still got the letter there. And so, you know, there's a lot of different ways you could take, and none of those are wrong. You know, I can think of two or three others. I won't keep going here of how you could take just this little, I mean, this is six verses in the second chapter of Philippians. You could take that and preach it five or six different ways. None of them are theologically wrong. It just depends on how you kind of want to emphasize what part of the story. Right. Yeah, and and you're spot on, and I thought I thought everything you just said was was so good. But I sit here and laugh at myself because you just literally proved my point 
Um, I wasn't even looking at it. <laughs> I know you weren't, which, which makes it that much better. Um, when you've been in ministry for five plus years, you get really good at doing ministry. You get really good at it. Kyle literally opened up his Bible and went, I could do a sermon series or I could do a sermon on this, a sermon on that and a sermon on that. And that's all good stuff. But like you had zero unless you were praying in your head before you opened up that. that unless moment. I'm that psychic. Yeah. That, no, I didn't. You literally had <laughs> zero connection or communication with God about what you wanted to speak about. And so. No. Yeah. That was a hundred percent off the cuff. But what didn't happens. Didn't pray about that at all. Is <laughs> we get good at doing it, right? Like when, yeah. like when we're, when we're inexperienced, when we're young, we have to go to God because it's like, God, what do you want me to speak on? And we get, I'm not saying like God just drops like these draws already, like, you know, revelation two sermons. in the cloud. Yeah. Right. You know, like he drops them to Derek. Derek already revealed last episode that he, dro- you know, Derek yeah, downloads yeah. from God, his sermons via crowdsourced sermon websites Correct. where yep. he doesn't yeah, do any exactly. of the work. So exactly. There's Wait, that. Yeah, there is that. But you know, it's, as we go farther and farther along, we can lean more into our experience and less on God's leading yeah. and, and, and the Holy Spirit moving in us. And so if you feel like you are in a lull in your ministry, have that conversation of when's the last time I let God direct my sermon series? When's the last time I let God determine how our calendar was going to go? When's the last time I let him actually inspire and 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 do have his way in my message? Because if we believe the Holy Spirit is who he says he is, then he's moving in the hearts of our students. And if we're listening and waiting for him to give us direction, it's going to be spot on with what he's doing in the hearts of our students. And so we just, I'm not saying we, we just spent the last Lord knows how long talking about how it's a good thing that you get better at doing one thing. But on the flip side of that, if you get so good at doing ministry that you forget that it's all about him and he's the one who's sitting on the throne and he's the one who's calling the shots and he is the coach calling the plays, but we want to do it our own way. We're going to find ourselves like Joe Burrow on the ground sack nine times because wow, good one. we're, we're, uh, we're doing the wrong thing. So shots you, fired you, at Joe Burrow's you, offensive you like line. I, you like how I tied all that <laughs> in there together? That was good. Uh, yeah, I think that, you know, and, and it, I have done, uh, a sermons every once in a while where I almost do exactly what just happened where for a purpose though. Yes. It, it's, it almost feels like a party trick sometimes where like I, I literally I'll get up and you know, the, the theatrical side of it is, you know, you, you go to a student and say, Hey, give me a number one through 66. And then they, you know, we'll just, I won't actually do it, but Derek, give me a number one through 66. 27. 27. You couldn't have picked an easier number to count to. You got to be kidding me. So the 27th book of the Bible, uh, 5, 10, 15, 20. I think it's Ezekiel. Uh, Don't judge me on that. It's Daniel. Okay. I was close. All right, Daniel's got like what eleven chapters or no? It's not eleven. I don't. This is horrible podcast right here. You are not doing but well. That's fine. <laughs> I'm proving a point. All right, Daniel has twelve chapters. I was close. Uh, so pick a number one through twelve. Two. I'm really glad you didn't pick something higher than seven because there's a lot of like end times 
interpreting of dreams in the latter part of Daniel. Uh So Daniel chapter two is Nebuchadnezzar's got this dream and then Daniel interprets it. All right. And so then I will like, literally I will take that chapter and preach on it. And the goal is, you know, it's not super deep, but the goal of doing that on a Wednesday night is coming up with like, Hey, here's a practical example of how you can read a chapter of the Bible at home by yourself and you know, God can speak to you through it and you can get something out of it. You're you're and, basically modeling how God speaks through his word to us. And you're, right. you're doing it in a way that you're proving to them this it doesn't require massive preparation. He can speak right here, right now. You know, like Yes, and and the point is, you know, demystifying that in order to you know, gain something from reading in order, in order for it to be inspired or to learn anything about God through reading the Bible, you have to like spend hours upon hours upon hours studying it. Like there's a lot of depth to it, but you can do it like that too. But that was, that was just kind of what it reminded me of, but that's another, I mean, it does change it up a little bit. You know, if, if you are preaching the same things over and over again, you know, finding a way to get out of that rut a little bit, different presentation uh, coming up with, you know, as we're, as we're talking about, you know, coming up with different ways to spice it up a little bit, as Derek said, if, if you don't want to go the Buffalo wild wings route, just doing different things like that, uh, you know, can be, can be really helpful sometimes. Yeah. And I think the way you figure those things out is, you yourself have to be eager to learn. If you are purely oh, yeah. just going like, you know, I'm going to try again. If it, I think of it this way, I know you like the spiritual groceries thing, right? Like love it because a lot of times we hear like, I'm not being fed here. Right. Like that, that that's something. And we as pastors are being charged with feeding them essentially. Yeah. Right. Like there's this, the whole shepherd um, idea in the Bible. Like as pastors, we are the shepherd of the sheep. And so like, we can't expect to feed the sheep if we're not feeding ourselves. And so we need to be eager to learn, um, not just about like, not just about ourselves. We need to be eager to learn more about him because the more we learn about him, the more we're going to have fresh revelation in the world. Like we were just talking about, but so much more practically, like be eager to learn how other youth pastors are doing that. I have stolen that right from Kyle. I've done that once or twice before and I heard it because of him. Mm -hmm. And so it goes back to again, which we've said last episode, don't do life alone. Find other youth pastors. See what works for them. See what they do. There are a million and one podcasts other than the one that you're listening to right in this moment that have a lot of good content. Not better, but no, it's good. good. Exactly. Uh, but there's conferences. There's retreats. Buy somebody that you highly respect, your old youth pastor. Buy them coffee. Buy them lunch. Ask them what they did. Like, don't just assume, again, this goes back to the seven-year itch. Don't just assume, yep, I kind of suck and this is boring and whatever. Like, <laughs> Oh, no. Better yourself, right? Like, like do something about it. Spice it up. There, there's so much. We live in a world where content creation is happening every single second. Oh, 100%. That our world is and turning. And it's so easy. It, it, you know, it is. It's easy, to, it's easy to create content. Correct. But, but it, that doesn't make creating good content right. any so easier. Find good content. If you're not sure what good content is, find somebody who knows what good content is and ask them what good content is. But uh, yeah, ask. Sorry, I'll you finish. No, I'll stop no, interrupting. Take it. Take it. I, <laughs> I was just I, I was just gonna say like 
we got plenty of resources and we don't have time to list them all. So it like email us at how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. And we yeah. will gladly give you a whole bunch of like, here's a list of some podcasts that we've been listening to. Here's a list of some books that we have been reading. Here's a conference or two that we have either been to seen happen, uh, know people that have been there, uh, taken part of virtually that, that we would highly recommend. There's so many great ways uh, to learn. And then another, I would say underrated way to learn, and, and maybe it's underrated because it's super uncomfortable and nobody wants to do it, uh, is asking for feedback yep. and asking for criticism. Uh, you know, talk to graduated students from your youth ministry and ask them, uh, you know, what did you, what did you like? What did you appreciate? Where did you grow the most uh, in our youth, within our youth ministry or something, you know, it doesn't have to be if you guys went to a camp or a conference or something like that, like that's still something your youth ministry facilitated, but then also ask, you know, what, what did you not like? What did you not understand uh, you know, was there something where, you know, you never got plugged in in this way because of this? And, you know, that way as a youth pastor, you can learn from that. Uh, I send out a survey to my youth leaders every year at the end of the school year, asking them, hey, what did we do well? What what can we improve on? Uh, because if you don't take in that feedback, you're definitely not going to grow as much as if you do. And you got to have, you got to have the, the, awareness to know that it's not a reflection on you. And so mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of yeah. people are scared of that feedback because we're scared that people are going to like tear down everything that we've tried to build up, you know? But if you truly want to get past this itch and get past this little slump, you got to be open to changing things that might be uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also, I don't know, we could, we could do a lot on, just that idea of being willing to ask for feedback. There's a humility that comes with it. Yep. There's a self-awareness yep. that comes with it. Um, you know, one of the other things that I have done in our youth ministry, I think I've, I think I've done it twice is inviting someone outside of your youth ministry to almost come in and be a spy. Yep. Uh, it's actually kind of fun. Yep. Uh, and it can be fun for that person as well. And we've actually, to you know, further it, I have sent some of our students out to another youth ministry to do this. Yep. Uh, but we, it can be really, really beneficial to see your youth ministry from an outsider's perspective. Yep. Uh, you know, so like I coach football, so I could have, I, I could ask one of my football players, "Hey, I will, you know, I'll, I'll give you a fifty dollar gift card. I'll buy you lunch, whatever it is. Come and." You just know, just observe. come and observe. Be a be a part of a Wednesday night. Don't tell people that you know me, uh, but just come and be a normal student. And then later, let's follow up, and I can ask you, like, hey, were you? Did you feel welcome? Did somebody say hi to you? Did you, you know, learn anybody's name? Did anybody want to learn your name? Uh, you know, what did you think of the service? Was there anything that was confusing to you? Learning all of those things from somebody who's got a fresh perspective can be really valuable too. Yeah. Yeah, you're spot on, man. And so, uh, this is an encouragement. You know, if you are, if you have been doing ministry and that, you know, because I, I think a lot of the the veterans that are farther along than you and I, I think they probably they're in a spot too, where like they've probably gotten on the other side of this and they know what it's like to hit this. But if you are in this season, you're just feeling dry. You're feeling like, man, I just I'm not 
you know, feeling whatever, please, like, I know Kyle mentioned it, but like reach out to us personally. We want to get in touch with you just because, uh, God's called you here and getting through these, these dry seasons, these lull seasons are part of the process to getting to that longevity in ministry like we talked about last episode. And so just stay the course, stick with it, use it as a learning experience and don't beat yourself up too much because again, your identity should not be tied to how your ministry is doing. Absolutely. Uh, that just about does it for today's episode. Uh, you know, any youth pastors out there hitting that five-year itch, we encourage you guys uh, to power through, uh, pray it through, and preach it through. Uh, that was the dumbest the alliteration I've ever heard. Wow. Well done. Well done, Kyle. <laughs> I'm fired. Uh, no, but we appreciate you guys hanging out with us on this uh, beautiful podcast episode. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, constructed criticism, or unconstructed criticism. Or queso recipes. Or queso recipes. That doesn't, well, I guess. I need, I, I need yeah. queso for Sunday. It needs to happen. That's, yeah, that's, dude, queso, chips and queso is... Undefeated. Uh, absolutely undefeated. Uh, if you have any of that, though, uh, please feel free to email us at hownottobeayouthpastor at gmail.com. Uh, wherever you listen to uh, your podcast, uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or I think uh, according to our statistics, we have people that just listen to us on Google Chrome. I don't really know how that works, uh, but wherever you listen to us, please give us a five-star review because we're desperate for um, your attention. You're, we're desperate for attention, we're desperate for sponsorships, and we're desperate for people telling us that we're doing a good job. Validation so, is good. Uh, validation is is key. But on that note, uh, we appreciate all of you listening to us today. And on behalf of Derek and I, Derek, I think it's time for us to go watch the Super Bowl. Goodbye. Goodbye.